I mean, if we have to like wrap this up in terms of like what's the secret to the best content creation and finding success is say what is true and alive in you and then practice saying that over and over again until it makes sense where the words that you're saying resonate with others and when they resonate with others, allow it to come back to you, give you feedback and then take in that feedback in a way that um, doesn't influence your personality or, or originality, but rather informs how you can better say that which you believe in, that which is alive in you, that which you use, practical things, whatever it may be that is part of your content creation, um, like inception or, or seed there, and, and just keep doing that. I think that that will make you successful, and, and successful meaning that it will, it will create a succession, a progression. This is the freestyle way. So this is just me right now in my life. I have a grandson. He's um, two years old, and we hang out all the time. And he loves to tell me to come and play with him and specifically to build things with these, like, magnet toys that he has. And he says, build, let's build. And we're always coming up with things. And he says, skate park. And then all of a sudden we build a skate park or a, a rocket ship or a train or a tunnel. And he's just creating from a place of trying to replicate that which he has seen in the world and bring it to life in his little world at home through these little magnet pieces. And the act of trying to replicate something that you've seen in the world and bring it to life through the tools that you have doesn't have to be done for any other reason than just the curiosity and the willingness to see if it's possible. Like, can you do this? And this is something that I, I used to think about all the time when it came to movement, like physical movement, specifically gymnastics. I would play with my little G.I. Joes, you know, as a kid. And I would put them in like a straight body position with their arms out. And I put them flat on my hand. And I would have them like flip in the air. I would throw them up in the air. And I would love counting how many flips is the, the G.I. Joe doing? How many twists is it doing? What happens if I slightly change my hand position? And can I create from there? And then I, I, I used to think about, okay, now I see this in the gymnastics world. But what does it look like in the snowboarding, skiing world? They do these tricks, but they do them off-axis. Off-axis. That's interesting. How to create from that place? That's also interesting. And that's just pure curiosity. When your creativity starts to produce some feedback, some results, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're performing a skill that you, uh, let's, let's just talk about movement or gymnastics. Let's say I figure something out with this G.I. Joe and then I try to replicate it and I, I, I managed to bring it to life through my body, which is kind of the reverse of what my grandson is doing by seeing the world and then trying to bring it to life through his toys. Doing the reverse thing all of a sudden produces real life results. You win a competition, you create a new skill, um, your execution goes up, you earn some points, and then that, that gains you some sort of attention, and then that attention maybe leads to the opportunity to create a transaction of value, which is now maybe financial. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're, you realize that your creativity can also contribute to your world and uh, facilitate more creativity. 
The question is, are you able to see how the system works? And uh, are you able to, um, what, what would the, the word be here? But it, basically avoid the distraction or not get confused by what should be informing true creativity. And I think it's curiosity to learn and express yourself and to reach further rather than the need to create a conversion or make a sale. And, and, and I mean, I want to make sales. Like I want to have a full coaching uh, schedule. I want to, uh, in my sports management work, I want to close the biggest deals and, and be very successful there. But I don't want to have to tell you by tricking you through creative writing that is not creative, it's actually manipulative, to engage in something that I am working on that I believe could potentially be of value just to make the money and thus, yeah, taint the, the whole process. You know, there's a part of me when I, when I allow myself to think about that, I'm kind of like, hey, how do I do that? Because right now I'm in a phase where I'm like, reverse reverse growing right i'm like shrinking and what one of the reasons is is because uh the messaging that i'm sharing is is slightly different than it used to be thus the audience that i was uh, serving at some some point in time no longer finds value in it thus there is a turnover and i'm in that reverse growing uh, stage, but it's it's really a regression that leads to progression. And this is maybe me now being delusional and saying that I, you know, I trust the process type thing. But uh, yeah, it's 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 fascinating. And I and I wonder, is there a way of connecting one being in a purely expressive stage of development where you're just testing things out, but um playing the game in a way that optimizes for the platforms that you're uh, creating on so that your regression can also be catapulting you forward in ways that uh, maybe don't translate into those vanity metrics or uh, more sales or whatever it is that you, you may use as your key performance indicators. And I don't have a solution to it, but I'm always wondering, mm, what is this person doing? Are they using a certain structure? Is it a certain connection with their audience? Is it the material itself, the subject itself? Is it just a, a character trait of the creator that makes it feel uh, more tangible, connected? What are those things? Well, uh, I'm sure it's a combination of many, uh, but I'm, I'm sure there's a way of identifying uh, yeah, certain aspects that one could implement um, to find more success. So I think making a strong point or claiming something to be like a pretty absolute truth is a powerful way of capturing people's attention. So playing that game is is cool. And I remember like in the gymnastics world, everybody was, they got to this phase where they're like, oh yeah, the fundamental body positions are key. One of those fundamental body positions are this like hollow body position. And then I came around, I'm like, okay, everybody's talking about hollow bodies right now. Uh, I'm going to say something a little controversial. So I, I basically just said, the hollow body position is dead. And everyone's like, what are you doing? 
what are you talking about? Dude, you've been talking about this forever. I'm like, well, let me explain. It's actually just a stepping stone. What you're eventually going to go to is this other body position, and that that will be the, the next step for you. And, and that's, that's exciting. Now, when it comes to process, like the development of something, I, I, I've shared this many times, so if this is repetitive for anybody, uh, bear with me. But I think it's important because it can help us find some clarity is that when you allow yourself to go through periods of time where you just express yourself, you just say whatever is coming up for you or just show whatever you're really doing, uh, that's a very freeing place to be. And it allows you to tap into new truths, new ways of thinking, new ways of, of creating. And eventually you run into things that you either really like or produce a result that um, is favorable for you and for others. But you don't necessarily have this solid method or mechanism for making it happen. It's like in content production, eventually you get to a point where you just like, you just go down the checklist, you do those things, you fill in the blanks and you're good. But before you get there, you, you need to do some experimentation. And experimentation now is what we could call deliberate practice. And deliberate practice, yeah, it can be as simple as we're going to show up every day and we're going to have a 30-minute conversation and we're going to try to talk about um, a, a subject that we are not familiar with and we're going to try to learn about that subject by um, asking each other questions or ourselves questions and then try to come to some conclusion that wraps it all up. I don't know. I'm just making that up as I go. Or, you know what, for a month, uh, I'm going to now just post every day on Instagram and I'm going to post, you know, different forms of content, a carousel, an image, uh, a reel, a longer video, whatever it may be. I'm going to play with a caption, short, long, whatever. And I'm just going to experiment to see what works. Eventually, you get to a point where no matter what you experimented with, you're going to achieve something. You're going to produce some results. Those results, once they become integrated, meaning learned, and part of your system, getting to a point where you can allow yourself to forget about them completely. Say, let me break all the rules again. And that being the moment of transcendence. And how does this idea of expression, experimentation, integration, and transcendence inform us? Well, it informs our process. And one of the things that we want to become is process-oriented. And when we can become process-oriented, now we can uh, see that that process leads to progress, which is just creating some change. Progress leads to progression, which is showing... It, it, we leave some breadcrumbs, so we have a footprint that that has created a map and that that progression is bound or informed by a desired outcome or an outcome that we surprise ourselves in achieving by simply expressing ourselves. Either way, this allows us to become uh, process oriented and uh, prioritize process over outcome. Why is this interesting when it comes to content creation and everything that we're, we're doing here? Well, because when you're purely obsessed with producing an outcome, like achieving a goal, in some way, you are neglecting the process. Furthermore, you're going to be infinitely more dissatisfied 
because you're never going to meet the goal in the way that you imagine it be being met. This is kind of a roundabout way of saying, don't be scared to like make a strong claim and then back it up with what you know. As long as you leave a door open on the other side for uh, your mind to be changed, your ways to be changed, then you're going to be in this infinite state of growth. And thus, um, you're going to be relatable because that's human. And uh, you're also going to be solution conscious, which is providing people with the value that they potentially are seeking. I do know that every action is recorded. Yeah, so everything that we do is recorded. And whatever it is that we desire or envision as something that we could potentially be doing, this is now anything in life, a lot of times when, when we move towards it or even achieve it, it doesn't look like what we originally envisioned, but it does feel like it. Thus, we need to start with the feeling first. So uh, right now, for example, I am deep in the breaking scene. So breakdance, breakdancing, breaking is going to the Olympics in 2024. And I kind of got like pulled into this world um, to advise a little bit for some coaches and athletes. And after getting really deep into it, just because I was intrigued by what was happening and I felt like I could, could contribute I have, I have uh, stuck around and now I'm kind of tripling down on this process of assisting these athletes on, on getting to the Olympics in a way that they can be not only successful as athletes at the Olympics, but also produce successful careers. And I don't know what that really looks like. I have a sense of what it looks like. And when I say I have a sense is that I have a feeling and the feeling is one of excitement, one of opportunity, one of um, having no regrets, meaning a deep sense of fulfillment, yet coupled with some dissatisfaction, like the job is never done, the sense that uh, one can create infinitely from that place uh, of um, building from one's physical craft to one's material uh, expression to uh, one's, I don't know, even social um, connections. And by nurturing that feeling every single day, it informs my actions. And every action produces a reflection that has a narrative. And that narrative or story, when I start to articulate it, even though it may not make sense at first, like, like now I'm just like babbling, right? I'm just like sharing things with you. You're like, yeah, those are words, but what are you saying, Carl? Like, what is it you're talking about? Well, I don't know. I'm trying to share a feeling that I have, and I'm doing the best I can to translate that feeling into words in a way that you may hear them, resonate with them, and be like, ooh, I think I hear what you're saying there. And now from there, pulling it into something that becomes highly practical. So this is where making a commitment and becoming accountable to a process is the key. And it's based on um, having identity-based habits. So it's, it's making the goal the habit itself.
So it's kind of like, okay, first I'm playing tennis. I'm deciding to make tennis a habit. And now in making tennis a habit, I'm becoming a tennis player. So now it's an identity-based habit. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not a cardio person. I'm not a breathe-heavy person. But in, in doing the thing that I have chosen to do and I'm committed to doing, all of a sudden I have a reason, there's meaning, something uh, bigger than my limited belief system about cardio that's telling me to maybe lean into it. And then what happens is that you lean into it not because you have to, but because you chose to. This is the power of choice. This is being deliberate in our actions. And as anybody, we're going to go through these waves of emotion, and some days are going to be better than others. And this is when having a plan helps. So, for example, I have this like priority task decision tree, and it says... Are there any um, time-sensitive projects that you're working on? If the answer is yes, work on those right now until you have no more energy to work on them or you run out of time. Cool. If the answer is no, the next question is, is your coaching and consulting uh, schedule full? If the answer is yes, you move on to the next task. If it's no, then, okay, what do you have to do? Well, you're going to be creating content. You're going to be doing a podcast. You're going to be sending a newsletter. You're going to do follow-up emails. And it's just literally a checklist. Like, it's as boring and mundane as that, but you just do it. If the answer is yes, your schedule is full. Okay, is your Mentorship Monday group uh, growing and um, uh, prosperous? If the answer is no, what do you have to do? Well, you have to engage with the community. You have to uh, see if you can assist somebody. You, ca you have to do something there. You have to promote it, whatever it may be. And so on. And if you have this decision tree that is uh, helping you stay on task, now you can get to a point that is um, freeing you to be more creative. So this is the the art of showing up, or the uh, the war of art. No, the yeah, the war of art is called. That's that's it, it, you can confuse it with the art of war. So the Stephen Pressfield one is 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 the key. This is showing up daily, and sometimes that just requires a commitment that is based on these habits. And what we know is that after uh, three to six days, you are starting to form a habit. After twenty one, you're starting to actually integrate that habit. And I think it's up to two hundred and fifty something days. That's when the habit becomes something that you do now reflexively. It's kind of just you don't even think about it. You just show up. And knowing that by simply showing up to something that you have committed to is uh, making you become that which you're showing up for means that you, you are already that which you seek to become. In other words, uh, the outcome that you're seeking is already here. And I'm going to give you an example. I'm working with these athletes who are trying to qualify for the Olympics, and they're on the hardest athletic path they've ever been on everybody is just burnt out their bodies are hurting they're running out of money they it, it just sucks okay it sucks and everything in their in their psyche and body is saying just quit quit stop doing this this is ridiculous y you're probably not even gonna make it why why well the reason why is because they originally chose to do this 
they maybe didn't know exactly why they just had a feeling they got into it and now they're they're at a place where there is a point of no return yes they could quit anytime but what keeps them going well what keeps them going is the realization that the olympics for them could potentially be 30 seconds like it could last that long they'll have 30 seconds if they don't manage to get through those 30 seconds and perform well enough it's done now they spent their whole life, four years, whatever it may be, sacrificing for that very moment, and then it's gone. What happens next? Holy shit. The Olympics is over. What, what did I do? I missed the Olympics. I was, I was barely there. And this is where you have to make today, like for them, it has to be today that they're at the Olympics. Like this is the Olympics. Not, not the day of the Olympics. This is the Olympics. And what am I trying to say here? Well, I'm trying to say that you have to embody, you have to bring the feeling that you want to have, the experience that you want to have at the Olympics to your everyday process. I think there needs to be this, this mentality where you kind of have to be like, screw it. Who cares? Like, li like who cares? Yeah, I, I care. I care. Like, I, I, this is meaningful to me. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm dead already. So what are you worrying about? And I actually had this feeling today. I was, I was, I was going back in my, in my little photo album on, on my phone looking for some, some content. And I realized that I was scrolling to 2020, and it felt like I was going really far. And I was like, oh, no, where did the last three years go? And I started panicking for a second. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to die. You know, like it was my, my life is coming to an end, and time is going too fast. And then I was like, wait a second, wait a second. What are, you, what are you so concerned about? Well, I was concerned that I had missed the last three years, maybe worrying or stressing or not doing the things that I should have been doing. But there's nothing I can do about that, right? The only thing I can really focus on, and, and this is as cliche as it gets, is in this moment and doing the thing that I truly want to do. If what I truly want to do is talk about solopreneurship and work with athletes that are, for example, in the action sports world or, or breakers in this case, I'm going to do that and screw everything else. And I'm going to trust that I have the competence to execute on that and that I'm going to learn along the way and that I'm going to make it something that's not only feasible and viable, but also desirable. Thus, the pain that I'm experiencing right now is not pain. It's not pain because I've chosen it. It's simply discomfort. So, so yesterday, this goes back to, it ties into being process-oriented and following this, like, you know, task priority decision tree and, like, being highly productive or whatever. Yesterday, I had to send out, it was on my list, send out a newsletter, send out a mail, uh, a mailer to everybody. And I was feeling so lazy. It was kind of the end of the day. I didn't want to be in discomfort. So I went to ChatGPT. I'm like, okay, ChatGPT, I need to send out a thing. Here's the topic. Ask me as many questions as you need to inform uh, writing this email. And then um, we'll go from there. Basically, it gives me all these prompts. I start writing all these like answers to the, the questions they gave me. I said, write me the email. And I was like, man, this email blows. It's it, it, this is not me. This is sucks. So anyways, but I'm like, let's see if I can put it in my words. So I take this email 
and I put it into a document, a Word document. And uh, I'm like, okay, let me see if I can start cleaning it up. And within the span of three minutes, I was like, this email is not me. This sucks. Let me just see what comes up for me. And I was like, what is the thing that I really care about? Well, damn, I really love my grandson. And I want the world to know. It has nothing to do with the the, the update I was going to share uh, originally and it's not like practical or anything like that. I just want to tell people I'm in love. Okay. I love this kid and I, it, he makes me want to be the best person I can possibly be and do great things. That's what I want to tell you. So I, I basically started with that. And then that led to this moment of realizing, whoa, there's a lot of things that I'm currently doing right now that I'm really proud of. I think I want to share that. So I shared those things. And by the time I got to the end of the email, there was no call to action, no like, hey, sign up for my thing or check this video out or nothing. And I was like, send, bam. I got so many messages from people. So many people emailed me back just saying, whoa, thank you for the update. So exciting to see you do all these things. And I was almost like, Man, I feel bad sharing all this positivity because I've built up this story in my head that uh, life is supposed to be hard and I'm supposed to be suffering and I'm, I, I am supposed to you know, be in the grind and just in pain constantly. But then all of a sudden I got all this love from sharing something that is totally true but is very positive. Um... And I don't know, that just sparked something very unique in me. Anyways, what I'm trying to get to is the writing process is something that nobody can do for you. It informs what you're thinking. And furthermore, it allows you tap to tap into um, a truth that is sometimes there, but you're unwilling to look at. But once you have given birth to it, it becomes more objective. It's no longer as subjective as it uh, originally was. And when it becomes more objective, if you have a practical mind, it's easier to work with. Furthermore, it gives you structure now to be able to communicate uh, on a podcast or create whatever. And that can lead to you doing all these other things. One of the things that keeps me going is when I hear people talk about something or do something and I realize that's what I don't want to be. Right. It's like, I don't want to be that. So what's the what's the opposite of that for me? That's what I'm going to express. And this is maybe like a rebellious mindset or whatever. But I think what it, where it, what it is, it's, it's probably a product of just our our evolution. Like we're, we're, we're wired to survive. And anytime we see something that's potentially a threat or harmful, we tend to like push away or protect ourselves. My, my way of protecting myself is arriving at a conclusion that is as original as possible to what I can come up with, with the openness of potentially being in agreement with the person that I don't want to be. <laughs> so, right. It's, it's that kind of thing. And this is where, you know, politics is a great example. You know, I, I, there's not one politician out there that I'm like, yeah, you, that's who I want to be. Right. At the same time, I'm like, oh, yeah, Donald Trump, all those negative things that 
that person has said and done, oh, they're probably alive in me too. I've probably done them too. And that is kind of scary. But when you can embrace that whatever it is that you see in others in yourself and you can work from there, your creativity really takes an interesting turn. So, for example, for me, like if I don't like marketing and sales, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about marketing and sales. I see people deciding to do something. Let's say, okay, I'm going to start sharing some ideas on on Instagram or whatever. And they just start posting on Instagram. And now they're, you know, 50 pieces deep or whatever. And they have two likes and, you know, 15 views or whatever. And it's just crickets. And they're like, see, nobody cares. I'm like, well, you have all these other platforms. You have TikTok, YouTube, YouTube Shorts, you have uh, LinkedIn, you have Pinterest, you have Twitter, you have all these other platforms. You have uh, the opportunity to even connect in person, maybe get one person on your mailing list, something. Have you tried those? Furthermore, have you tried to take the 50 pieces of content that you have and now turn them into other forms or formats like can you make it a written thing can you make it an audio thing podcasting i mean go into what used to be anchor now is um, um spotify for for podcasters and try those you, you'll be surprised as to what happens and this is something that i, I kind of rediscovered myself when i when i got onto tiktok during the pandemic was oh this is cool for one, the platform is very open, so it's just like pushing my content out to more people than I was used to seeing on, on Instagram. And the other thing was nobody knew me there. So all of a sudden I had the freedom to be somebody that I was, but I, I couldn't be fully on the other platforms because I was expected to be this like movement dude. You know that feeling? It's like, ooh, I can do, I can go incognito here and nobody's going to care. Like, that's pretty cool. There's something about the early stages where nobody knows, no feedback, that gives you infinite freedom. So, like, take the big risks. Exactly. It won't happen again. So, this is like a once in a lifetime. And that's what I'm trying to get to is that encouraging people to realize that this is the moment where you're going to have the most mental freedom where there's going to be zero accountability to an audience, you get to do whatever you want, however you want. And that is the best uh, side of like public creativity because private creativity, you can do whatever you want. Values whatever your customer, client, or audience um, believes is, is, is valuable. And you won't really know that until somebody tells you what that is. This is kind of like art. You know, art is worth zero until somebody puts a price on it. And if you put a, if you put a price on it, that's fine. Uh, but when somebody else puts a price on it, that's when things really take off. And and this is just an interesting concept. But for example, with the the athletes that I'm currently working with, um, something that's been challenging is getting uh, brand deals and partnerships. And one of the reasons is because we're in a recession right now and budgets are tight and uh, it, these bigger companies are, are, are planning in a way where uh, the, the budgets were, were set up in, in Q4 of the, the previous year. So uh, now it's too late and they're, you know, they're like, let's talk next year or let's talk in December type thing. 
And then there's also the this idea of like no metals, no money, meaning no results, no money. So, but you need the money to produce the results. Thus, it, it becomes this kind of catch twenty two. Anyways, so one of the things that um, I've encouraged every single person that I work with is look around at the things that you use on a daily basis and that you find valuable. Like, what do you wear? What tools you use? Like right now, we're on Riverside. I use Riverside. I pay for Riverside. Riverside is a practical tool. If you talk about that to an audience and you just share that, look, I use this thing. This is how it helps me. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. That's valuable information. Yeah, and then, you know, entertainment is a big thing. Look, watch comedians. I, I Yesterday, I tweeted something like, anytime I need to pick me up, I just look up Theo Vaughn. And he may not, he is the best. Because, yeah, it's it's not even what he's saying. It's how he's saying it. So it doesn't matter what he's talking about. It's always going to be funny. And that is something that is very valuable. I mean, if we have to, like, wrap this up in terms of, like, what's the secret to the best content creation and finding success is say what is true and alive in you and then practice saying that over and over again until it makes sense where – the words that you're saying resonate with others. And when they resonate with others, allow it to come back to you, give you feedback, and then take in that feedback in a way that um, doesn't influence your personality or, or originality, but rather informs how you can better say that which you believe in, that which is alive in you, that which you use, practical things, whatever it may be that is part of your content creation, um, like inception or, or seed there. And and just keep doing that. I think that that will make you successful. And, and successful meaning that it will, it will create a succession, a progression. This is the Freestyle Way.